and it's time for Geekiest Show Ever, episode number four. This will also be the last time that those who get the show as part of the MyMac.com podcast will get the show. Uh, after this week, you have to subscribe to the Geekiest Podcast Ever. Just go to geekiestpodcastever.com, follow the link to iTunes, and you will get it there. My name is Tim Robertson. I host the show, and I also host it with David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. Good evening, all. We had uh, Guy Searle on the show earlier to, uh, well, we had him in the Skype call to talk to him, but he disappeared from Skype. We don't know where he is, so we started the show without him, and if he shows back up in Skype, we'll bring him into the show later. But in the meantime, we do have another guest. His name is Owen Rubin. Hello, Owen Rubin. Hi there. I think Pirates got Guy. <laughs> Pirates got him. And that's kind of the uh, the theme for this week, isn't it, David? It is. Uh, I, this was prompted by uh, the, a couple of weeks ago. There was a, a leak of, of an upcoming summer blockbuster. X Men Wolverine, X Men Origins Wolverine was uh, was leaked onto the internet. So I thought, you know, with that, that kind of gave me the idea. It was a good idea to talk about um, piracy and piracy of media. And is it a good thing for media? Or is it bad for media? Particularly, you know, the sort of geeky media that we that we're interested in because. That often tends to be the sort of media that's pirated first. I think it's always been the vanguard of, of piracy has been copying, you know, sci-fi movies and, and comic books and that sort of thing. So I thought it would be a good thing to talk about. I think it's a perfect time to talk about it. And one of the reasons we brought Owen on the show is, Owen, you worked for uh, a couple different companies, but uh, one in particular it was kind of not necessarily about piracy, but why don't you explain that a little bit? So, so two places that... Well, Guess who's bringing in? Yeah, we're bringing Guy in, so it's okay. Go ahead. Okay, so I, two places I've worked that have directly related to this. Um, I was a key technical guy and a technical lead at, director at Pacific Bell when we invented the first broadband system, which has basically grown up to be Comcast, and I apologize profusely for what they did to it. They haven't updated it since then. So. No, no, they downgraded it. Actually, we sold it to AT&T Broadband, who downgraded it, and they sold it to Comcast, who downgraded it further. But we had a lot of we did a lot of media on there, and piracy was a big issue for us. And then I also worked managed the I was a VP of development for a company that did anti piracy for applications. We actually protected apps from being able to be copied or modified or altered. So I've been on both sides of this fence. And uh, guys, Harold, you're with us now. Yes, hello. hello. I don't know what happened. Uh, well, it's okay. We we just started the show. We're only two minutes into it anyway, so ah, it, it's everything's good. We're good to go. So we're talking about piracy this week, guys, you well know, and uh, I think we've all got stories to tell about piracy, but let's start with what you mentioned, Dave, and that was the new Wolverine movie, which starts in May, and as we record this, it's uh, close to the the middle of April, but I actually know someone who downloaded this, and they invited me to come over and take a look, and I have to say, as, as a journalist, I definitely wanted to see it. I wanted to see what all the hubbub was about. I wanted to find out if I was going to write an article about it. I decided not to. But I also wanted to see the quality of this leaked video. And in my own mind, would this preclude me from going to the movie theater and seeing it? Has anyone else seen footage or the whole movie or anything like that for this new Wolverine movie? I have not. not. For, yeah, not for Wolverine. No, not for that one. Is this called, called X Men Origins? Is that yes, X Men yeah. Origins, and it's Wolverine. Uh, although, as I you were saying, I just did a quick search online to see how many I could find, and it returned on boards probably about two hundred and fifty copies. Yeah, and here's the thing: 
The first question is, do you guys think that this would preclude you from going to a movie theater and watching this if you downloaded it and watched it at home beforehand? I I mean, a lot of that relates really to the quality of what you actually get hold of, I think. Well, let me me explain what the footage (laughs) was then, and and then maybe it'll it'll help you guys answer this question. What I saw was um, DVD quality video, or pretty near it, at least VHS quality, let me put it that way. Now, that could have been the encoding that he was playing it back on, and uh, he had it on the Apple TV, but he had downloaded from, um, I don't know, a BitTorrent site or something, converted the AVI to an MP4 file, and then put it on his Apple TV. That's where I watched it. Um, right. Most of these are 640 by 270, yeah. rough, so they're right. not really great quality. No, so. but that being said, I, I felt like I was watching standard definition television sure. for the most part. For the most part, most of the special effects were there, but not all of them. Uh, a lot of times you could see the wires moving the actors. A lot of time it was more um, a CGI effect that it's really early. You could see the, the human body flipping over something, but you could tell it wasn't a human body, that this is more of a, a place filler for where the special effects people would actually plug in You know, the real effects. But nevertheless, it is the entire movie. I mean, if you can look past the, some of the cheesiness of, you know, these these effects aren't done, this is the whole movie. So I've seen the whole movie now. Um, but again, most of the effects were there, but not So to all answer of them. your question, uh, I have seen a number of movies that way. And uh, typically I go see the movie because I really want to see what it looks like on a big screen. But there have been cases where the movie itself, not the quality, but the movie itself was so bad that I was glad I didn't pay $12 to see it. Yeah, and do you think that that rips off the the movie studio? Because this was something that you were obviously interested in. If you hadn't seen it, you know, a boule copy, or yeah, any of those movies, that you, would you have paid your 12 bucks? Yeah, I probably would have gone and seen it. So, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe they got ripped off. But on the other hand, I would have got ripped off, and I can't get my money back. Well, that this so, this is yeah, this is part of the argument, isn't it? There, there is a there is an, an argument that that goes around that, that basically says, well, you know, if you look at, I mean, the the movie industry and the music industry and all the all these these uh, these content producers, they view every single uh, episode of piracy as a lost sale. Uh, and that's how they rack up these huge numbers that say, you know, what and it is. Ridiculous. But actually, that's not true because an awful lot of people who pirate stuff, um, I think, don't ever watch it or don't consume it. I think they just collect it and they then, you know, it. oh, yeah, they, well, they, they, they want the latest thing and then they never get around to seeing it because actually they weren't that interested anyway. Uh, and then I think there's also a group of people as well who, um, you know, like you say, Owen, would probably have gone to pay to see the content. Or, or watched it, you know, or, or gotten hold of it somehow and, and paid for it legally, but they got an opportunity to uh, to see it beforehand, and 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 so they 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 take it, and then having seen the content, they think, you know, it's, I'm really glad I didn't pay them my money for it because it wasn't really up to snuff, and well, and I, I think you know the content providers have some responsibility there because there is an awful lot of uh, you know lowest common denominator content being generated. Yeah, but I I got to stop you there, and I'm going to somewhat defend Hollywood in in this case. Yeah. It's not up to Hollywood to decide what your tastes are. Agreed. They make something that a a majority of the people are going to enjoy, they feel. Whether that's true or not is, is immaterial, but they spent a lot of money to make this. 
So tell you know, me yeah. if you go to I the agree. theater yeah. and spend ten bucks for a ticket, and say you, you took uh, your wife, so now it's twenty bucks. You got popcorn. You're up to thirty five dollars. Can I make a comment real quick though on something David said? Because I tend to agree with him, but I think he left out a major uh, group there. There are people who pirate and take those things that would never have paid for it in the first place. And I'll give you a perfect example. I was involved a long time ago in the satellite television industry. And this I'm talking about the great big 12-foot dishes you put in your backyard. <clears throat> and when that number reached 6 million, HBO said, hey, 6 million people are watching our signal without paying for it. They pushed for regulations and legislation to create scrambling. And people broke the scrambling. And they said... Every single person who had a bootleg scrambler was stealing from every single scrambled channel, and that's how they calculated the dollar loss. Okay, So imagine if you stole cable TV today. The cable TV would say, oh, well, you're stealing the premium package, the most expensive package we have, even if you've never watched any of it. And so I tend to agree with David. The, the loss numbers are absolutely bogus. You know, I, Just because I can watch something or I can get something doesn't mean I would have ever spent the money for it in the first place. But let's go back to the point that I was trying to make, that you were going to see that movie, Owen. I might have seen the movie, yes. You watched a bootleg copy of it and said, it's crap. I'm glad I didn't spend my money to watch this movie. Agreed. And and I did steal $12 from them or $8 or whatever it was. Right, and you stole not from just them, but the movie theater, the local theater. Well, that to, has a to, huge markup on popcorn and well, drinks. To be honest, I don't see many movies in theaters anymore. I don't either. So, I, I, you know, I'm I have, agreeing with you there. I wait till they come out on DVD to watch them myself. It, but that's well, the material. That, that, does that mean, house, sorry. Go ahead, guys. No, I, I was just going to say, if I microwave popcorn, does that mean I'm stealing too? Only if you bring it to the theater with you, yes. Okay. Because if you were going to buy popcorn <laughs> at the like theater popcorn. and thought, I'm going to save a couple bucks, I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to bring it in. Here's a question for you, guy. When you do that, or you bring a pop with you, do you hide it when you walk in the door? Yeah, my, well, my wife usually brings in a water because, I mean, the waters cost like three bucks for a sure. twelve ounce. But bottle. does she walk in with it in her arms and her hands? <laughs> no. No. Where is no. it? It's probably in her purse, right? Right. Right. Well, the concession stand prices are ridiculous, and you know, I mean, but you don't have I- to go to that movie theater, guy. You chose to go there. <laughs> And the same thing goes with the movies. You guys don't have to go see that movie. You chose to go see that movie. And, and Hollywood you- chose to spend that much money, whether it's a crap product or not, is immaterial for this argument. So, Tim, I agree with you. And I will tell you what it's, what it's done for me. So in my house, I have a TiVo that's connected to what's Amazon's movie service called. I can't remember the name. Yeah, of it. I know what it's I have yeah. a I have a box from a company called Voodoo, V-U-D-U that is streaming videos over over the internet. They're legal. You pay for them by the, the view. We have a Netflix subscription where we get one a month, and I have access to satellite pay-per-view. Right, and, so you're paying and for and your you know content. What? Be- well, here's what's happened. Because I pay for my content. Now, I'm doing just as much or more damage to that movie theater because I don't go in at all now. And I don't go in because, A, the ticket prices became ridiculously high for mostly crap. Okay, I'd say half the movies I see, I feel ripped off. But then and again, two, that's an opinion. It's an opinion. I agree. It's an opinion. But, but you know, when, when a movie goes into a theater and out in a week and nobody likes it, you realize they're throwing crap at you. And for two, the cost of going to the movies is 60 bucks Because by the time you buy a soda and an and a $18 large popcorn and whatever, you know, you've spent way too much money, and they wonder why they're hurting. Okay? 
they're hurting because it's too expensive and they're not doing anything about it. I think they're it's too expensive it, because a lot of the, the the big blockbusters that cost so much money to make, uh, the money that they're bringing in is actually paying for these smaller movies. And, I wonder. And, and how does how does Hollywood? How do these movie theaters? know which movies to carry how do hollywood know which ones to film and make how do they know what's going to be a hit they it's don't always it's a crapshoot but it, on the other it's, hand it's about taste. on the other hand you know they pay it's i find i find movies today to be much like i find professional sports which is why i no longer have season tickets to any sports games i find it ludicrous that a that a that some actor needs to make 35 million dollars in a movie or some sports guy needs to make 125 million dollars for a four-year career but no my team way, has my, to pay him that though you know right. what my voting i vote yeah. with my wallet i don't i don't go anymore okay all right but the, we're, we're kind of we're kind of moving away into other arguments here right. the cost right, right. the cost of movie production is a separate thing and actually uh for most for most movies the actual staffing costs of the movie are not the headline actors it's uh, you know the char- the real the real charge charge for staffing comes from all the people that you know the the hundreds of people are involved in actually making the movie absolutely that's 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 yeah. where the that's where the million dollar budgets you know multi-million dollar budgets come from yes there are some stars who can command a fee of 35 million dollars or uh, 10 million dollars per picture or whatever um but actually if you look at you know your average blockbuster budget now is is pushing well over 100 million dollars so you know the stars fee is actually a very small part of that i think though there is there is a there is a there is some give and take with this i, I tim I, I you know i i do completely agree with what you're saying you can't just look at um the cost of movies and 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 um you know as as you know applied to a particular movie you know you do have to look at it as an industry as a whole and if you go to the movie theater and see all the big summer films and then a few during the rest of the year and that sort of thing obviously you are supporting the entire industry you're not supporting just the big studios just the big name stars but i think i think i think the flip side of that and i think this goes back to what what you're saying owen is we all know that there are a lot of movies that get released that aren't very good. Um, they, uh, the, you know, and it might not be a production problem. It might not be. A, it could might be bad direction. It might be bad script. It might be bad acting, uh, or it might be a whole some of those things that actually lead to a movie that you know you paid your money and you come out and you feel I'm disappointed. I really wish I hadn't spent the money on on that. And and. What the industry has started doing nowadays is for those sort of movies, they won't issue any pre-release copies. They won't allow reviewers to see it before the film is actually released. <laughs> yeah, and they are, they are gaming the system because they know that once the word of mouth gets out, people will, will not go and see it. Now, let me put a question back to you, Tim. If you uh, read a review in the paper of a movie and it says it stinks and you then don't go to see it, is that as... Um, to the movie industry, do you think that's as much that's as as critical a lost sale as if you'd actually seen a pirated copy of the movie um, downloaded and said that's a crap movie? I won't ever go and see that in the movie theater. No, um, because one is an opinion on uh, a third party opinion, and I think that movie industry and and even movie goers are savvy enough not to always agree with the reviewers. Um, and yeah, I think we can all say there, point at movies are, and say that you know. Are, it yeah, got horrible you, but, reviews, and I went and saw, and I thought it was great. But there, but there are reviewers that you tend to trust, and and I know for Absolutely. me, I four or five reviews, and, and if they all say it's crap, oh, then I probably won't. 
Right. And and if you use Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or something like that where it actually aggregates reviews, you can normally get a pretty good idea of whether a movie's any good or not. Yeah, right. but do I think that that is hurting Hollywood as much as bootleg copies? Um, hard to say, because so I don't have the have... actual numbers in front of me saying so those, how much... But they obviously, they obviously think so, because if they're holding back reviews pre-release reviews right. because they know that the movie is going to get bad word of mouth. They know that they're pushing shoddy products. Well, I think the biggest saying, problem is let's, how make, let's restrict the word of mouth as much as possible so we, we, at least we get the first, you know the opening day suckers through the door and at least we get those sales. Well, well I, I don't think that that's I don't think that that's uh, necessarily a bad thing that they're doing though. Well, I'm going to go back to the original question. So, so the question is: Do people who bootleg movies? I think I want to clarify: Do people who bootleg movies? Are they hurting the industry? Okay. And so I have to say, in general, I think there's maybe some damage. I won't, I won't argue that point. But I think most of the people who download a movie to bootleg it, to watch it that way, have no intention of ever going seeing it in the theater. What do you think, I really guy? believe that. Uh, I would agree with that. I think, um, you know, if, if you spend any time on some of the tech sites where they, where they talk about piracy issues, uh, most of the people... That you know their whole their whole life is going to the pirate bay and getting all this content and you yeah. know they they throw up the snarky com what people actually pay for this <laughs> it's yeah. like you know what dude you know you're a douche okay because <laughs> the the whole thing is you know yeah okay D- does the stu- is the studio making on on a typical summer blockbuster let's say that that it cost them a uh, hundred million dollars to make it. And in ticket sales, they've made five hundred million dollars. Okay, well, in in standard terms, you go look at that. They made a four hundred million dollar profit, but in the real world, they haven't made a four hundred million dollar profit because a lot of the other movies that they're putting out Don't. aren't going to make back the money that it took to create them. And it's the same thing with the music industry. For every, and God, I hate to say this, Britney Spears that, that sells hundreds of hundreds of millions of singles or albums or what have you, you've got, uh, you know... <coughs> Millie Vanilli. Yeah, you, you've, got, you've got Boz, no-name, douchey-douche that, that doesn't sell crap. But they each cost the same amount of money to create the content. What do you think, David? Is piracy hurting... Hollywood, and of course we're going to get in music and stuff like that too. This is a very broad subject, but yeah. you know, the begin with we're focusing on movies. I think um, I think I, I agree with Owen. I think piracy does cause some harm. Um, it probably is nowhere near as big a problem as the industry believes it to be, or as convinced itself making, to be. Yeah, making it out. Yeah. Uh, how you know is it is it morally wrong? Do I have a problem with it? Yes, I do. I've got to be honest with you. I, I, I tend to I, have I a problem with it. Too. Yeah, I, I think. I think, particularly nowadays, I th- you know it was. Look, when when we were growing up, yeah, um, you know when the when the VHS uh, video recorder uh, appeared on the scene, all of a sudden it was possible to distribute films. You know, the video rental industry came out of nowhere, and it was possible to watch films at home. And we all, you know, I'm sure we all watched, uh, you know, VHS dubbed copies of movies, and the quality was appalling, and you know, oh, yeah. all of that sort of thing. Because they were and, copies of copies. They of were copies of copies, copies. It was analog to analog. There was generational losses, you know, and and the, these things were really, really bad. And um, 
you know, we, we've all experienced that. The, the, what I think the problem nowadays is that you, if you want to see content without having to pay those movie prices, uh, you can do it. You can do it without pirating. There are various options. You can wait for the thing to come out on DVD. You can wait for a digital download. You can, you know, you can. I mean, let's face it. Even the, the cycle times for stuff to come on TV, if you've got cable, if you've got a, a premium service, is is much shorter than it used to be. It used to be two years before yep. you'd see a movie from the. That's from the, the argument I was going to make. And, and nowadays, yeah, nowadays, now yeah. it's three to six nowadays, months. Nowadays, it's three to six months. So the point is, if you want to see, if you, I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm actually working on this strategy this year for myself. The majority of the big summer blockbusters, I will not go and see in the movie theater. We've got a new baby coming in a couple of weeks. I'm just not going to have the time or the bandwidth to actually go and see movies in a the theater. So we're going to wait for them to come out on Apple TV, and we're going to download them and rent them and watch them there. With the exception <laughs> of Star Trek, I hope. Uh, yeah, well, yes. Tim, I have an 80 inch projection system in my house, so I, I may oh. even watch that at home. You have an yeah, 80 inch the, erection? The, is that what you said? I have a <laughs> projection. He's got stock in Viagra. Yeah. I, used to I, build a, I used to build home theaters, so I have a home theater in my house. So, but so, I, I tell you, I mean, Star Trek's getting very good word of mouth. Absolutely. It's getting fantastic <laughs> word of mouth. People, Involved with it, who's saying this is going to be an incredible movie? But I have to say, I, I probably, I probably won't go. I probably won't go on opening day. And you know, if I hear, if I were to hear bad thing, generally bad things about the Star Trek movie, then no, I wouldn't go and see it. I, I can honestly say I've been reading uh, online. They they had a surprise premiere in Austin, which Guy was talking about earlier, and I read the same reports. And this is coming from diehard Star Trek fans who thought you cannot get better than the Wrath of Khan. That that was the <laughs> pinnacle of Star Trek films. It's the best. Which I watched last night. And, and you can't get better yeah, than that. It's so good. These same people are saying the bar was raised. The new Star Trek is actually better than The Wrath of Khan. They never thought they would say that in their entire life. But it is. It's that good. But, okay, moving back to the piracy issue, though. We've only focused on the summer blockbusters, pretty much, right? The, yeah. the well, stuff those are the that's ones coming that are out, mostly going to no, get hit early. No, it's not. What's really so happening? Was what's really happening in uh, downloading movies is a week or two before the DVD is released, you will find a DVD copy on the pirate sites. Now, those are being downloaded substantially more often, at least according to the Pirate Bay's own records, than the movie theater that you're going to find up on the Pirate Bay or wherever on BitTorrent sites of the summer blockbuster that was shot with a cam. Yeah. You will get DVD-quality movies that you do not have to go to the store and buy, that you do not have to go to your Apple TV and rent. You can download it within a couple hours and have it in DVD-quality. That's where the real piracy is taking off, and that's where it's hurting Hollywood. And not just Hollywood, but also the television industry that a lot of people are going up online, and they're using stuff like on the Mac, XTorrent, and they're doing a search for, let's say, Battlestar Galactica, and they're downloading an entire season. Now, here's my question. <laughs> let's say I'm downloading Battlestar Galactica right now, and yet I've got cable, and I pay for the sci-fi channel. Am I breaking the law? Yes. Of course I am. But do you think r- legally, yes. But Mor- do you think morally, you bre- you am I breaking law? Yes. You know my opinion yeah. on this one. Well, Tim, okay, can can I say something? Can yep. I say something? It depends on 
what your other options are. My other options would be to go buy it. Okay, I'd no, no. either go buy if, it on if, season if or can, watch it on TV. If you can buy it, if you can buy it on iTunes or if you can buy it on some other, you know, whatever service it is yep. that you use for either your 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 handheld digital player or your home player for for watching digital content, then yes, you are stealing it. Okay, but here's the thing: I'm already paying for the Sci-Fi Channel guy. They already get okay. my money, and I've been paying for right. it for years. So Sci-Fi Channel is depending on advertising dollars when you watch it on their channel. No, because it, I will. I, on and this is all completely legal. What I can do, I can record it on my DVR, digitally. and I can digitally, and I can skip every single commercial. But let me let me take it a step further because because Tim and I have talked about this in the past. Um, I always felt personally that if it was broadcast over a station you paid for or it was broadcast for free, commercially generated, and you copy it and put it on another device, you're not breaking any law. In fact, you should have the fair use rights say you should have the right to do that. Unless you're distributing it. Yourself. Now, we're what. not talking about distributing or making money on it. We'll leave yeah, that I'm, I'm ta- aside I, yeah. for right now. Yeah, this so is just for me, personal consumption. Okay, but if let you're getting you an example. it from a torrent site, somebody else is doing that. So you're contributing to uh, to take you know copyright uh, content copyright violations. So, but what's the difference? What's the difference, guy? If I so let's let's take it. I'll give you the way I do it. So I can record now on my TiVo. Okay, mm-hmm. digital recording it it copies it. I can move it to TiVo to go on my Mac. Then I can use Nero to s- copy it onto a DVD or onto another file system. And then I can stick it on my iPod and I can stick it on my PC and on my laptop. And I can watch it all those places. So I can do all that legally. That's fine. What's the difference between doing that and I say I can do that legally? I'll just go download it from a torrent because it's a whole lot easier and faster and faster. And it's the exact same file I get done with. You know, because I've edited it myself, and so I mean, I'm I'm bypassing the steps. So the question is, obviously, we already know the answer. Downloading from a torrent is considered breaking the law. However, doing it through the this other securitist method is not. But the end results are exactly the same. Exactly. And yes. this is where I sort of draw the line on when you say what's a theft and what's not a theft. And and I'm going to admit, I have downloaded one set of TV shows that way. I downloaded the original Star Trek. I went and bought and purchased the Star Trek series, every one of them on DVD, except the original series. And, and, I, obje- and, his, yeah. and I objected uh, and- strenuously to the fact that the original series cost $165 a season for a show that had been on commercial television for 35 years. Yeah, That was broadcast and his, and, free over and, the air. And, free exactly, over the air. And, and so I downloaded them. And I didn't feel guilty at all about that. And here's where, here's where the where the argument really gets muddy because I think you know whether you're talking about movies, whether you're talking about TV shows, when, you know whatever it is, one of the problems that the all of the content industries face is the fact that their business practices over the years have been so predatory and so um, about yeah. fleecing the customer over and over and over again. And if they can resell content in a different form and get another buck for it, they will quite happily do it without any qualms and and that i very strongly believe that that is one of the reasons that um digital piracy has taken off in the way it is because i think there is i know I, I don't know enough about demographics to know how large a section of the of the of the overall population this is but i think there are people particularly of our sort of age group who um basically have said you know what i've seen 
the industries refuse to embrace digital technology and fight it tooth and nail and use it as a way of fleecing us over and over again. And you know what? I'm not going to stand for it anymore. And, you know, I'm going to stick it to the man by going and downloading some torrents. And, you know, I don't care if I do it. I think there are people who feel like that. And I think that the industry is solely responsible for creating that sort of mindset in some people's minds because they, you know, they just have, um, you know, just for years and years and years going right back to home taping, they have fought tooth and nail, they've lobbied, uh, you know, legal, they've lobbied legally for levies on any sort of media or anything, anything like that, going right back to taping. And, we don't um, pay you know, a levy, David. In the, well, I don't exactly. know how it is in the UK. In the United States, blank yep, CDs tapes and, and CDs and DVDs. DVDs have a tax on them that, that the I, uh, uh, MPAA and IRAARIAA levy on top of blank media because the assumption is you will use blank media to record copyrighted materials. So in a sense, you actually are paying for it. Yeah. Well, they did the same thing with floppy drives, for God's sake. Yep, yep. So, I, David, I agree with you 100%. So I want to ask the question to this group. So if I could do, like I said, I could do there, I can, cop, I can record it on my DVRs, I can use legal, legitimate methods for transferring it, I'm not, and I don't use torrents, by the way, I think torrents is, I, I don't use them, I just will flat out tell you I don't use them. But if I can go download in another way, whether it be to, to get one of those video hijack things that takes it off of Hulu, or whatever the case may be, do you think I'm breaking the law in the in the in the real term of the sense, am I stealing from the studio because I've downloaded it instead of buying it? It depends well, on it depends on whether or not you already own that content in some other fashion. Like, let's say you've got a well, do, no, let's, VHS let's, tape of Rambo. Okay, right, now that's that was my second question, by the way. If I already own it in one format, am I entitled to download it to another format? Well, if, I, I mean, my my understanding of copyright law is that fair use allows you to do that. It allows you to yeah. manipulate that the depends. content that you've already paid a license for to, uh, you know, to consume it in the way that you want to be able to do it. And, and again, the industry has fought tooth and nail to actually say that it's not that sort of thing is not fair use, because that's because it's going to shut down a revenue stream to them. Well, yes and yeah. no. There, there's a couple different points I would make. I would say, let's go back to cassettes. I own, uh, I don't know, Michael Jackson's Thriller or Van Halen 1984. Let's go with 1984 because that was actually the first cassette I ever bought. So <laughs> I own Van Halen 1984. On cassette. On cassette. I never bought the DVD. Or I'm sorry, the CD. The CD never right. never bought the CD. And uh -huh. here I am um, 25 years later or so. And I would really <laughs> like to listen to Van Halen 1984 on my computer. I own the cassette. It's in my basement in a box. I can go get it. I could put it in a boombox cassette player and hit play and listen to it right now. But I want to listen to it on my iPod. Okay? I own the cassette. I don't own the content on that cassette, correct? That's correct. established. Have, I don't own those songs. Yeah. You have a license to listen. That's right. I have a license to listen to it on that format, cassette. Now, Actually, the question I could, is what on its own format, too. No, well, here, here's my question. It's a two-parter. I could take that cassette route the analog signal out of a boombox into my computer and record it. Create MP3 files from those, from that recording, and put it on my iPod. And it's going to sound like crap, right? No, yeah, actually, yeah. sometimes it comes no, out pretty well. No, no. It's, it's pretty crappy if it's but a cassette. especially your boombox is. Yeah. Well, well, no, I think it has more to do with it's a 25-year-old cassette. Oh, okay. Now, I can much. do that legally. 
So instead of doing well, that, I jump okay. on. Yeah, you know, no, I can do that legally, guy, as long as I'm not distributing it to anybody else, because that's fair use. It's my cassette. You can do that. That's legal. Yep. Okay. Instead of doing that, I simply go on. Uh, I don't know a BitTorrent site and download it in higher quality MP3s that sound a lot better than my cassette does, and then I put it on my so MP3 Tim, player. You could, you could make that question a little narrower, saying you own the CD. And instead of having to rip it and move it, you just download it. Right. I mean, that's the same point. Yep. So, right? so well, where, yeah, but if you, if you own the CD, that's a digital file on, all on its own. And you could actually rip those digital files at a much higher quality than you're going to get from most download sites. But, but let's say I don't want to do that, guy. We're, let's we're say talking my, about the question. You know, my, the, the question is, uh, let's say that my DVD burner, my CD player, my computer's burned out, and I can't rip it myself, so I just go download it. And the MPA or whoever comes after R- me. RIA. Yeah. They come after me saying you're illegally downloading this music. Now, legally speaking, am I in the wrong or am I in the it right? Unfortunately, unfortunately, you're in the wrong. Well, it is worth pointing out, however, that the RIA actually went after the people who uploaded the content. Right. They did go after the people downloading because I think even they believe it's a gray area. You're right. And I, and I think that... Can the same thing be said of movies? I own a DVD. I don't want to spend six hours ripping um, Boston Legal from all my DVDs onto my computer so I can watch it on my Apple TV. Although, do you know that on DVDs they consider that to be illegal? Yes, because you have to break copyright or uh, encryption. You have to break encryption. And there is no encryption on CD. Right. So, if I can rip it, though, there's software that's out there. Yep. That hasn't been shut down yet, as far as I know. Well, it's funny the um, the uh, the digital millennium the D- digital millennium copyright act actually says owning the software or the methods of breaking encryption is illegal. Right. And, I mean, they've they've gone so far as to be so paranoid that they that they're now afraid that just if you happen to have the program that can do it, that you're obviously going to use it for illegal terms. I personally, I think they've gone into a stranglehold. And what people are doing is they are rebelling. And I think all this, all this tightening, you know what do they say? What, what was the expression from one of the, the more you tighten your grip, the more will sli- Darth Vader, the more they'll slip through your fingers, right? I, yeah. I think yep. that's what's happening here. Thank you, Leah. That, Leah. Leah says that, right. Yeah. I think this is what's <laughs> happening here. It's, you know, they're trying to grip so tight that what they're doing is the backlash is there are people saying, well, screw you, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And, or I'm going to do it just because you don't want me to do it. They're, they've, made it a, they've made it a challenge and a puzzle and a game. But and here's think- the thing, Owen. We can get all the content that we're talking about, uh, music, television shows, movies. We can get those in digital format right. Already. legally through Amazon, I'm, I'm on you through on, iTunes. I'm on your side yeah, so I don't have I mean I don't I don't feel like if you walked into my house today, like if you looked in the office I'm sitting in there's probably face 150, the mic, please. <laughs> 150 sorry, there's probably 150 software boxes sitting on a shelf behind me. If you were to walk into my video room, I have two large bookshelves full of purchased DVDs. I buy a lot of media, yep. okay? I buy a lot of it. But there are times and I'm going to admit it, I have downloaded uh, something either through Hulu and captured it or I've gone on to a news group and downloaded a single file. I mean, I, for example, I used to watch every episode of Boston Legal. I missed two episodes. Okay? So how do I see them? I just went on the, on the network and got them. Okay? I didn't feel like I was violating any law to do that. Not distributing them. I'm not uploading them in a torrent. 
I'm not selling them to anybody. But when you I buy them, my, Owen, what are you buying them for? Your consumption, right? When I buy them, I, I buy them because I'm a collector of sci-fi. So I bought them to add to a collection. No, we're talking about Boston Legal. Oh, Boston Legal. Yep. You, okay. you, you purchase Boston Legal because you're going to consume it. Okay. That's why you have a cable subscription. Yes. It's satellite TV, but right. yes. You miss a couple episodes. You can and actually what happened is I recorded go, them, but I deleted them by mistake. Right. So you can legally go buy those episodes in iTunes right now, right? I could. Well, right. So, so, so you decided to... not to pay for that content again. Wait, are, are we but, talking about Boston Legal? Yeah. Yes. They they only had the fifth season available oh, it, last time. I it looked. doesn't matter, no, no, guy. This was, for this, this argument, was this was this was probably season three that I right. missed a couple but you episodes. Can, you can legally download it and purchase it. And it's almost a tax in that, you know, well, it's your fault that you didn't watch it when it was on. And if you deleted it, that's your problem. What gives you the right to think that you can download it illegally? Well, because now you're consuming our media that you didn't pay for. Yeah, because my my feeling was I had recorded it. Through an error, I deleted it. Well, that's not their problem, though. It's not their problem. Okay. But I don't feel like I should pay another $1.99 for a service I'm already paying $90 or $100 a month for. For all these channels, anyway, I pay. I paid my tax. Well, they'll really say have. they'll say wait till it comes out on reruns. Then, yeah, well, too bad. You know, it's like I, you yeah, know the other thing yeah, I could do. And you, you, Tim, Tim, what you're doing, and I know you're paying devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. I, I absolutely am. Right. I appreciate but, it. But, but the point is, is that you know the uh, the content produce, producing industries, if they had their way, if they could find a way to actually make yes, you pay again for the content every time you had a memory of it, they would do so. Yes, and They're I think pay-per-view is the ultimate goal but of the, these abs- Absolutely, but here's the flip side of that, David. It's their content. It's theirs. They own it. They created yeah, it, they and they created, give it to you in yeah, the way they want to give it to you. Now, whether you right. like it the way they give it to you is immaterial. They don't have to make it in the first place. You're, you are choosing to consume that item. It's, and if you're going to consume it, this is the way that they're giving it to you to yeah, consume. The point, the point, Tim, is that it's actually it's a business relationship, isn't it? They are making content, and the reason they're making content is not because they have a an obligation to make content. No, because they want to make money. Be, they want to make money, right? right? So you you've broken and, and that they, convent. And, and and well, the the flip side of that is actually as a as a customer of them. Uh, and the advertisers are obviously also also a customer in this is sort of a three-way business relationship. Um, but as a customer, you have certain expectations, you have certain rights. We have we have laws, and the laws uh, in most most Western countries are designed to protect the consumer as much as to present the uh, provider of services. Yeah, it's a it's a contract, and each party has rights. And I think the problem is is that the content producing industry, yeah, wants to control all of the rights and they treat the customers as a, an inconvenience a liability and a potential criminal isn't that funny them, isn't that funny tr- david that the people they want to buy their product they treat as a criminal exactly. i just find that they, laughable they, they, the, this is the problem is that is that they they don't respect and i think the reason they don't respect the consumer is because a lot of them come from a time and come from a, a you know a period in in content production history when this was never a problem you know back before the before, you know really from the before from, vcrs yeah exactly before you know from, the Betamax. From, 
Yeah, for for before you know the late sixties, early seventies. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Effectively, they controlled the content delivery chain and the content production, including the artists who made it, and they held it with an iron grip. And I think they would very much like to get back to that situation. Unfortunately, the digital genie is out of the bottle, and now all of a sudden, consumers have have woken up from the sleepwalk and realised, hey, actually, we do have rights, and you know what, we should it should be fair that we would have a right to consume some of this content in a different way without having to pay for it again and again and again. again. Okay, now let me say that... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this, David, and I, I totally agree with everything you just said. And especially the way that the content creators treat their customer with disdain, right? Yeah. That's really your main point. But let me ask you this. How is that any different than the way any other customer is treated by any other company? For the most part, Comcast treats their customers like crap. Well, AT and T, well, AT and T, every cell phone company, every power company out there that, that gives you power that they screwed up and, and didn't enter the money that you put into uh, you paying your bill last week, so they turn you off. Every company you know that, does that nowadays. You know, every Jim, company you've come, hates you've the come, customer. You come to a you you're come to a different topic, but I tend to agree with you there that the concept of customer service is now an oxymoron. Absolutely. That companies now treat, you know, every, anything that goes wrong is the customer's fault. They, God forbid, they should have done anything wrong, yeah. which they don't. And I would agree 100% with you. But I think everything David said is 100% correct. The, the problem is you've got these old-time guys who are used to selling a thing, and that thing used to be a record. It used to be an 8-track tape. It used to be a, a video cassette. They know how to sell things, units, and they see digital as a theft of those things. They just don't get the fact that it's a way to distribute. They're just old. They just haven't got there yet. And I think we're 10 years away probably from them getting it because I've, you know, I, I've been in the digital TV industry since its infancy. I think what you and I are talking about here, the whole thing's going to change anyway. The whole concept of broadcast media and things broadcasted over the air or sent in cable channels will be gone in 10 to 15 years. Broadcast is, is out. Now, okay. let me ask you this, Guy. Do you think that we live in a world, especially uh, world. the generation in a world where content is king? Um, <laughs> do you think that we live in a world, especially the younger generations, the, the 15 through the 25-year-olds, do you think we live in a world that they just feel entitled to whatever the hell that they want to have and <laughs> price be damned and they're just going to take it anyways? Yeah, I would agree with that, uh, and and it's part of it's part of the problem with um, a, a digital society is that it is so very easy to copy all this stuff, and it doesn't really cost that much to copy it. And so you've got these kids that come along. It's like, hey, I, I don't have to pay for this if I don't want to, you know. And the you go a step further on that guy. Morals, morals be damned. You know, they're going to do what it is that that they're capable. Of doing as compared to what they should or should not. Well, don't be you doing. think this goes to? Do you think that this says something about either the morals of the kids nowadays? Because I don't think they have any different morals than what we did, or no, they, just the, the, the lowest common denominator as far as, far as human tendency goes. That if you can no, get no, no, something no. for free, you're going to get it for free. Keep uh, in mind. I think. I think it of, has. Go ahead. I would just say, keep in mind that when you stole a, a record or you stole a CD or you stole a videotape, you stole something physical, and people got the concept of stealing something physical. The kids, and I talked to a bunch of them, they don't think they're stealing anything physical. Nothing gets 
Nothing gets destroyed. If I take your DVD from you, you don't have it anymore. If I take a copy of your digital file, you still have it. It's this whole idea of what a loss is. I'm sorry, let me get that. <laughs> yes, please. That's the RIA. That's the RIA, yeah. yeah. Oh, they, oh, we, we'd like to talk to you about Boston Legal. Yeah. That was NBC calling about Boston Legal. <laughs> we were just making so, a joke of that. Go ahead, David. Yeah. So, I, I, I think... Let's let's not get too carried away with this. I, 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 this is a concept that, that you see in the media a lot. That's saying, well, we've got a generation of kids who, you know, don't value content and um, you know are used to stealing it. But the point is, I'm sure if you looked at, you know, sales on iTunes for movies and, and music and everything, you'd find that the, a, a very large percentage of those customers are teenagers who are, um, you know, and kids who are downloading music for their uh, and video for their iPhones. And which, their- which which tells me that what Owen just said probably isn't true, that they know when they're downloading something from a BitTorrent site, they know it's wrong. They know that. Yeah. Let's take that back a little bit. It's not so much that they know it's wrong, they know it's illegal. I'm not sure that's Let's make that distinction. I'm not sure that's... I think you're wrong, Owen. I think that they know it's both wrong and illegal. I think it depends on what what they're copying... I don't. I don't. I think that if you went to each one of those kids that tell you, well, I don't understand why I can't just download it. If you go to them and say, okay, let's go to your grandmother and let's explain it to her. What do you think your grandmother is going to say? And I think every single one of them would say, well, yeah, my grandma would probably think that was stealing. Right. So they know right from wrong. I wanted to make finish that point. I was saying that the physical, we actually did focus groups on people who copied things at this one research place. And a lot of the comments we would get is, well, who's damaged when I make a copy? Right? That was just their belief. Even if they knew they should have paid for it, there's, there was no damage. When I steal a physical item, someone's damaged. But they didn't get the connection of a digital copy being damaged to someone. It's like, what's the big deal? They still have it. Yeah, right? but I, I have I mean, a problem with focus kind of a, groups because they, they know that they're in a focus group. No, no, but the, the point being is maybe they did agree, they did understand that what they were doing was wrong. Okay, but they don't see that as the same damage as you or I would see as kids if we snuck into the video store and stole a cassette. I think they do on on a a deep level. I I think they actually do understand that if they want to play World of Goo and it doesn't have any copy protection, they're just going to go download off a BitTorrent site rather than going to the worldofgoo.com and buying it for their Macintosh. They know the difference. And they know yeah, that when probably, they download they it and they, and they don't pay for it, they know who they're hurting. They know that they're hurting the creators. That you know The company that made this isn't getting a dime from me. Ha, 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 ha. All you have to do is look at Spore, which is another great example of piracy. Spore went on sale, and according to how many copies were sold, compared to how many people were actually playing it online and sharing content, there was a <laughs> disproportionate number of people who were obviously had cracked copies, pirated no, wait copies. Minute, so and so, well, let me finish, wrong. let me finish. The reviews were going up on Amazon at one star each. And it was a whole bunch of people that were so ticked off about the copy protection in Spore that they were, <laughs> according to them, downloading it and playing it illegally to teach EA a lesson. Oh, my God, seriously. Yes. So, I, you know... I was going to ask you if, they, if people they know think it was they're wrong. something wrong. If they think they're doing something wrong, then they're not very intelligent. Because why would you take a stolen item and log on with it? 
Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, there, I'm sort of like wondering: is there are they really smart enough to know that they've done something wrong, or do they, or do you go back to your original comment that they just feel entitled to it? Well, that's the question, and I think that it's an entitlement at this point. I think people feel that they can just go ahead and download it, and there's really no consequences. That they feel entitled to the content. They don't feel like that they should have to pay for it. But when it came right down to it, if you took they them to their it. grandmother and said, "Tell your grandmother what you're doing." You're probably right. They're going to be ashamed of themselves because grandma's probably, not going to approve. Well, let's not go that far either. Most, a lot of them don't care. No, I think they, they do care. They don't care what their grandmother yes, thinks. Yes, they do. They don't. Yes, they do. Uh, guy. Oh, everybody cares what their grandmother thinks. And those who don't are already in prison anyway, so they don't matter, and they're not downloading anything. So now let's go back to the original comment I made, though: is how many of those people? So let's talk about the damage to the company. Yep. How many of those people? If And I'd ask this question in general, and I, the audience can answer the question in emails if they like. How many of you who have copied something illegally would have not done that had you had to pay for it? And if you had to pay for it, would you have paid, would you have paid for it? Or would you say, screw it, I won't take it at all? Well, but here's, and I think here's the find problem the numbers with that. Are huge the people who wouldn't take it at all. Maybe, maybe not. Here's, here's the question. If you download, let's, I don't know, what's a movie that just came out on DVD? I don't even know. Um, I don't know. I, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, Iron Man. I, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with Iron Man. Say you never went to the theater and saw Iron Man, but you heard really good things about it. You didn't download it off a BitTorrent site when it first came out in the theaters because, you know, it's just going to be a cam version. It's going to look like crap. And you can hear Someone's some people head, laughing and coughing. And, yeah. So you wait till it comes out on DVD. A week after it comes out on DVD, you fire up your BitTorrent server software and you see perfectly 4.3 gigabyte copies of that dvd so you know it's great you download it you burn it to a dvd or maybe you put on your apple tv or your windows pc media server whatever and you watch it and it's great and you watch it again and again and again you watch it three or four times do you think that person is more apt to go out and buy it now no exactly no if the movie was crap, but the question is, would where they have been? Would they have gone and bought it if they couldn't have downloaded it? That's the question I'm asking. And I would say, in a case like Iron Man, yes, they read the reviews. It looked like a good movie. They did not want to go to the movie theater because they're probably like me and they hate going to the movie theaters. They they have the the AC cranked up too high. You always get the idiots who talk too much. I get upset <laughs> and I want to turn around and smack them. I got to sit through 20 minutes of commercials. Not just yeah. not just movie previews, but actual commercials. You know, I got to watch a stupid dancing Pepsi commercial in high and, def. In high def, woohoo! So, <laughs> so I wait for it to come out on DVD. I would I, say I did, yes. It's taking away sales. It's, it's I, I taking away not, real sales. No, I think they would not have bought it anyway. I think if, they would if have. If they're precluded to downloading it, they probably wouldn't have bought it. At least that's in the research that I've seen. I think that, that, that that's old research. Small. I think if you look at what's going on now, the how easy it is to download very good quality, and more and more people are on broadband now than were ever on before, I think... Honestly, people are going to go ahead and download it. David, you live in the UK. A lot of times, stuff that you guys want to see that comes out in the US isn't released in the UK to weeks and weeks later. Do yeah. You, do you think that a lot of people in the UK would just go ahead and torrent it and, and download it early and watch it that way? I think I think there's a small small number of people who do. 
Um, I, I mean, I mean, you know, well, uh, no. The, in terms of the of the overall population, it's not a huge huge number of people. In oh, terms right. of the overall, in terms of the overall number of people who buy DVDs, I don't think it's a particularly large number of people either. Um, and it, and it's gotten better, you know, the last sort of ten years or so. Um, the speed in which uh, things come out over here compared to where they come out in the, in the States or in other markets has, has improved somewhat that, that is probably less of a problem than it used to be. But, but for instance, I mean, I, my, my Apple TV is hooked up to an American iTunes account, not to an English one. Um, you know, I, I use my I use an, an, an account on the on the US iTunes store so that I can get access to US content that I that I, I can't get on the English iTunes store. Now, you know, technically, I'm I'm breaching a license agreement by doing that because that that content is only licensed to be to be distributed to uh, customers in the US. Yep. Um, so you know, but but I'm still I'm still paying for it. Um, I'm paying the same price that you do for for the same content. So um, you know, I mean that that's again that's another uh, really difficult, you know, a really grey area there about about exactly what is the what is the damage being done there. Um, but you've obviously made your decision that you're not harming anybody. Well, I've, yeah, I've made the decision that I'm that I'm legally paying for content, and, and if anything, they're probably making more money from you exactly, than they would have otherwise. I've, well, well, I mean, their argument would be, well, you know, if, if they, um, if if they, if I rented, if I rented stuff off the off the UK iTunes store, then I would be paying the fair and equivalent price that that you know everyone else around me here would pay. What happens um, with tax? Well, the, the, Does I mean, the UK are, side have different taxes than the US. Well, taxes? it's it's uh, yeah, it is. I don't know quite how that because because US taxes vary from state so, to state. So I don't, then the, the I question don't have taxes applied, applied in the iTunes store, but so so uh, then the question is, David, if it would have cost you more to wait till it comes out on the UK iTunes store, would you have still bought it at the higher price? Well, I mean, that is a problem because generally I think um, because of, of, of a variety of different factors, uh, including our exchange rate and apart from anything else, I think content over here is more expensive than it is in the U.S. Absolutely. Um, and, and uh, you know, my, my point of view on that is that uh, if I'm paying U.S. prices and it's, just, it's slightly cheaper than paying it here in the U.K., we're not talking about a huge difference, we're not talking about 50% or anything like that, but, you know, 10%, 15%, 20%, and that adds up over time. Right. Um, and, and I take the view if I'm legally buying the content uh, and paying the provider for the content, then I'm, pay, I'm buying it from, from the U.S. How is that different than if, if I were to go to the U.S. and buy it on DVD and bring it back here and watch it? Yeah, but my question is, though, if you had a choice to oh, buy it in the U.K. or the U.S., and the only difference is it's going to cost you a little bit more to buy it in the U.K., would it preclude you from buying it in the U.K. then? So would, are they gaining a sale by selling it to you in the U.S. iTunes store, or are they losing a sale by not releasing it on a timely basis in the U.K.? Uh, well, it, it, I mean, it all depends on the content. <laughs> you know, there is there is some content I would I would happily uh, you know I, I would happily buy here. Uh, and there's some that you, you wouldn't, know, but, you, but some, you are some, willing to pay it on the U.S. side. Yes. So in other yes. words, they're actually gaining money 
this way from Absolutely. you than they would have otherwise. Absolutely. If I hadn't bought my Apple TV and hooked it up to the U- to the US store, because at the time I bought my Apple TV, there was no video on the UK iTunes right. store. Then, um, then effectively they, they would have they would have nothing from me. So, uh, so the fact the fact that I do that, and of course, you know, it, I mean, this is where it gets really complicated because having something like an Apple TV means that uh, you know, I, I my content is not just viewed on the on the TV, but also you know, I'm buying content for my iPhone as well. Yep. From, the, from the US store, uh, and um, you know, all of that is content that that I you know I, I wouldn't be buying otherwise if I didn't if I didn't have that US account. Here's the other but, side of piracy that a lot of people, uh, probably the younger generation, I think you guys will understand this. When you download a DVD, for instance, and you think I'm sticking it to the man, well, let's stop and take a, a look at who the man is. Yeah, who is that man? Yeah, who is that man? We think of it as this large conglomerate uh, Hollywood studio where the fat cats are making all the money, right? That's what smoking that's, cigars, smoking cigar. Ah, ah, ah. I just made. But what we're not thinking about is the secretary that works at in the same office. We're not thinking about oh, the lighting guys for the movie yeah, production the key team. Grips. Yeah, yeah, don't do and, that because when I see those, you know, when I see those ads in the theater about how the poor worker who worked on the set isn't making money because someone stole the DVD, it just makes encourages me to go want to steal it. Because why? Because you don't want this guy fat, to get some. Uh, no, because some fat guy who's making thirty million to fifty million to hundred million dollars a year decided he's not going to cut his salary because someone pirated, but he's going to take it out of the pocket of the dollar ninety five guy down there who's cutting. And that just that just infuriates me that they're saying it's coming out of his pocket. But it is it coming out, out of his of, pocket. It doesn't. It comes out of corporate profits, and it comes out of the bonuses and stuff. That guy doesn't get paid less. But, they, but the, what they're going to do is not hire someone else down the line because the profits are lower. Let, right. Let's and not I make the mistake. That executives that, who are getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars in ridiculous salaries who are passing the losses to the little guy instead of taking it themselves where they can be afforded. That just infuriates me. I'm sorry. I just Every time I see that ad, I kind of go, okay, how can I steal a DVD somewhere? Just because that, that just makes me want to go steal one. It really yeah, does. So steal the PSA. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yes. you know what I'm saying? I mean, it just that when they kind of try to pull that kind of crap, it bothers me. Yes, Tim, I get your point, and, and you may be right. It hurts everybody in the company, but I'm sorry. It's like stop, stop trying to tug my heartstrings by saying some poor guy. Damn this phone! And kill that phone. I unplug it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It just infuriates me because the guy on the top is still making his two hundred million dollars or whatever he makes some ridiculous. Salary. But isn't that justification on your part still? I don't. I, don't, I, I think it, it, my, yeah. It, it. Yeah. I mean, ju- there is there is always an element of justification. But let's face it. I mean, Blockbuster announced this week they're pretty much out of business. Do you think the movie industry is crying over that? Or do you think they're quite happy you bet that they're not? They, you know, they're not happy about it. Ten years well, ago, they were well. Cried. To be to be honest with you, do you think? Do you think if they were really unhappy about it, they would have done something to support the business? They could have cut them some deals. They I could, didn't they, hear who yeah. you said was out of business. Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Yeah, and the reason the reason Blockbuster are going out of business is basically people just don't rent films like that anymore. Right. So why they use they use, they use Netflix? Yep. They use uh, online. They, uh, you know, that it's, I certainly don't think it's piracy that's killed Blockbuster. I think a lot of it is piracy. 
I, I don't know. I don't think I so. Don't I think it's I think it's alternate delivery mechanisms. It's the fact that you know with DVR and uh, DVDs, and let's face it, the fact Paper is that, you know, and, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of people still do go to the movie theater. So, I mean, for a while, you know, when when the video recorder came out and uh, companies like Blockbuster started up, you know, there was a there was real panic in the movie industry that the that movie theaters would disappear and it would all go to video. But you know, and actually, that some did. Some that, did that, absolutely. You, can, you right. can't. You can't say that that didn't happen because no, we yeah. have a place right down the street from me called Family Video. It's a video rental store. That parking lot is full every single time I go by it after work. After hours, in other words, after five o'clock, it's always full, which tells me a lot of people are still going there and renting movies. So why is Blockbuster going out of business if the if Family Video, for instance, is still so busy? I think a lot of that has to do with it's Blockbuster. They had draconian uh, late fees and rental companies. You know, they they try to change their business practices and they try to follow the Netflix, but they were just way too late to do any of that to save themselves. By the way. Speaking of Netflix, that's a part of piracy that we haven't covered. Yep. Um, I won't mention any names, but I know some people who work for Netflix, and they did this analysis of rentals where a lot of people were signing up to take, what's the maximum, five, I think you can yeah, get? Yeah, you can get five at once, and, and, and they, they would get they them started, back two days later. They would get them back almost instantly. Yeah. And what they said, that people were taking them home, they were doing DVR rips on them, taking a copy of it and sending them back, and they were, they were in fact, that's one of the reasons they originally tried to slow things down a little bit yep. to the to pissing people off is because they knew that people weren't really watching them all. You they know, they knew that them. they did five and they were copying them and making I'll local be honest, I, when I was a, a, a Netflix subscriber, I was on the four at a time plan. Right. And uh, I'd like to always get them back out as soon as possible so I can get the next big movies coming out. If that meant I couldn't watch them all, absolutely, there was always a couple that I would probably rip. Yeah, uh, usually mean, what would not, happen not was the, the big new movie, I would watch the the big new movie right then. Um, but because I was getting four at a time and there's not like four new releases, I would get some older stuff as well. And I we would rip the older stuff on my computer and watch it at my convenience. Was that, that stealing? Yeah, that's sorry. that's a flaw. Go ahead, David. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say that that's a flaw in the rental model anyway. I mean, that's always yeah. going to happen. I mean, if you rent if you rent a movie from a video store, you're not meant to to um, allow a large group of people to watch it. Right. And yet, we all know that pretty much every single you know community club and scout group and Whatever they've all they've all gone and rented a video from Blockbuster and showed it to thirty forty kids at a time. How do you think Hollywood feels? Public exhibition, right? How do you think how do you think Hollywood feels about the fact that the movie rental industry is still out there? And you can say the same thing about video games. It's Um, big money. The, the video game problem. industry would love to kill the resale of video games and the rental of video games. They, but the movie industry um, would not. You know, gameplay gameplay appeared at a uh, video game conference about six months ago, and um, or whatever the uh, U.S. version of gameplay is. Yep. You know, one of these stores that specializes literally GameStop. in uh, games. GameStop, exactly. Yep. And they did a keynote there, and the guy was booed when he got on the stage. Right, because they didn't yeah. want to talk about used video game sales. As, well, as far as they're concerned, they think it should be banned. They think if you buy a video game, you should not be allowed to... Well, let's, let's talk about that. We'll start with you, Guy. Do you think that used video games is detrimental to the video game market? For instance, you've got a Wii, right? Yes. Okay, say, I, I tell you, did you ever play Super Mario Galaxy, and you say... Yes. Okay, but <laughs> let's say you said no. 
right. No. No, I, 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 I never, never played, played Super Mario Galaxy. And I tell you, that came out a year and a half ago. So you think, cool, I want to get that. You go to GameStop. They've got a brand new copy up on the wall, $44.99. They've also got a used copy that they completely guarantee for $19.99. Who are you giving the money to? Which one? Um... You're going to buy the used copy or the new? I would probably buy the used copy. Right. Wrong answer. (laughs) Right, because Nintendo right then just lost the sale. But you know what, Tim? So the question is whether or not the game... To me, for that, the question is whether or not the game retailer should be allowed to resell them. I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying, hey, Tim, you want to buy my old copy of this? Here it is, right? Uh, Oh, they'd like to stop that as well. Of course they'd like to stop that. Let's talk about Kindle. One of my biggest complaints. Well, let's stick Kindle. on. Well, let's stick on with the video nope, games. I'm going to go things. It's the same issue. I, the, one of the things that bothers me about those kind of things is I can't give the book away or sell the book when I'm done with yeah. it. I can't. Point, so video games. I used to stack a bunch of them in a box. Say, hey, twenty bucks here. Someone else go enjoy them. I, I have the right to do that. It's a personal piece of property I own. I'm selling. You, you know what the video game industry doesn't like about about selling old games is because you know take that example of Super Mario Galaxy, right? What they want to be able to do is to issue issue the game on pre on a like a platinum release at 19.99 as a as a new copy and then get the sale what they don't want to do is is sell a game for $45 and then have a retailer pick up the 19.99 for the resale nintendo wants that money and so that's what that's the only reason they object to game resales is because they want to re-release their old titles at a cheaper price and get and get more value out of them but the point is is that you know it, <laughs> That's fine for. I mean, Super Mario Galaxy in some is a bad example because that's a game that is huge. Right. There are hundreds of hours of play in that. If you love that game, and you know, I've I've, I've played played it through to the end, and then we, we, you know, every now and again I sit down with my son and we still play it because there are still parts of the game we've never even touched. So it's enormous. But you you look at something like uh, I don't know. Um, Halo 3 or Gears of War 2 or something like that, that only if you don't play uh, multiplayer, you only play the campaign modes, might only have 10, 12 hours of gameplay in well hell, if you drop $50 down for that and then you, you know, when you finished it, why shouldn't you resell it on and let somebody else have a go at it? And that's what the, the other thing they don't like is the fact that because they're making their, their game so short, they know that um, you know, a big title will be played through by somebody, they'll buy it on release day, they'll play it through and within three days it's going to be in game stop and yep. they really don't like that but you know <laughs> my, my answer to that is make the games longer <laughs> not gonna just stop make it. better games yeah no right. now you're back to the same thing it's subjective what's a better game we're back to the same thing make right. a better movie exactly right? and, yep. and, and, so i go in there i i think you're never gonna you know look there's still used record and cd stores you can go to there's a store i go to in alameda near here that has used dvds they'd probably like to stop that too Oh, of course okay. they would want to because you it's, know what? it's a perfect never, copy. In far as I'm concerned, that's just tightening just way too tight, right? You know, when I buy something, when they get to the all pay-per-view, all digital uh, distribution, serialized and encoded strictly for your machine, you'll see this. That's exactly the way they'll do it. And people will be up in arms because they have to pay for every single view of what they're watching. You think okay? so? I'll give well, you, what, I'll give you an example. What will happen is go they'll, go, they'll just go to, to alternate forms of content. They'll be you'll, slicing. You'll see new first. types of. You'll, you'll see more stealing because people will work. No, no, harder. no. That's not. That's not what I'm saying. Like right now, there are there are 
various producers of content. I mean, and we're a fine example. We're doing a podcast. Yep. There, I, there are there are producers of content that aren't tied to the big studios that that are are basically giving the content away in exchange for some advertising or or sometimes not even that. Uh, there was a there was a, a, a web series that I was really enjoying called uh, We Need Girlfriends that was hysterical. It, you know, each episode was around 10, 15 minutes, and, and it, was, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was obviously an amateur production, but it was still a lot of fun, and I got as much enjoyment out of that as I've gotten out of, out of some network TV. And then let me, let me uh, back that up, Guy, to you, Owen. Quality is always going to win out, unless, of course, the ability to create the quality content, be it a radio show like this, and by the way, please steal this podcast, Yes. Um, <laughs> can I steal this? Yeah. You can steal this podcast. Um, there's always yeah. going to be alternate forms of entertainment, especially now that everyone out there, at least listening to this show, has a computer and has the ability to create their own content and to share it online. Yep, so when you start getting more and more and more alternate forms of content, more and, and more alter, people are going to of absolutely. More and more people are going to start consuming that. There's still, no matter how great our digital life is, there's still only 24 hours in a day. That's not going to change. What is going to be changing is the viewing habits and the listening habits. Everybody that's listening to this podcast right now isn't watching television, isn't listening to the radio. They I'm may be playing television. a video game, but they're, they're consuming this when something else that costs. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to make is not being consumed. So I totally agree with you on that guy that it's going to be if the movie studios and the television studios and the content creators of video games and books for the Kindle, if they don't get with the program, it's not that people are going to find more ways to steal their stuff. People are going to find other things to consume. If they make the process of consuming the content so onerous that, that people aren't going to be willing to, to put up with it, they'll find other content. Yep. No, it's, not, it's not always a question of money. It's I, sometimes I, I, it's just I, I a question really... of how you get to the content. Yes. And, and here's an example. I love the show Big Bang Theory. Okay? It's a, you know, they're on their second season. First season... Every single episode after it was broadcast was available on iTunes. This year, the second season, not available on iTunes. And Monday nights from 7 to 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I'm at Taekwondo. I don't get back from Taekwondo until quarter after to 20 after 8, which means I don't get to see the show. And they don't have it available on iTunes. And I don't always want to go through the hassle of watching it, like, say, on Hulu or something like that. So what do I do? By DDR. <laughs> uh, we know okay, it's well, you. Sorry. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I don't want to spend the money instead. for a DVD. But there's, there's, not, there's not that many television shows that I go out of my way to watch. No. But their, their <laughs> argument then would be, that's your problem. You chose to go to Taekwondo at the time they chose to broadcast this. It's not okay. up to them to provide other oh. means of you getting yeah, their content. But here's the point. I'm willing to pay for the content. I'm willing to pay for a digital copy of the content the night after it was broadcast. But they're not willing to give it to you. To- Exactly. Yeah. So what do I do? You wait how much, until it how comes much did you out pay, legally. Guy, I'll send them to you. 
Legally, How much would guy, you pay, guy, I'll send. Yeah, yeah. Legally, <laughs> you wait until it comes out on DVD and then you buy it. That's the legal thing to do. Now, of course, right. what he's, we do is we jump on XTOR and download point. it. You're missing yeah. his point. He's, he's no, I know, I know exactly his point, that. but I'm, give, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to take it any farther. Yeah. Here's <laughs> the, the thing with that example, though, because, you know, the, the Big Bang Theory is a, is a great show. They know it's got a certain demographic who particularly like it, and they know those are the people who pay for a DVD box set. And so by, by restricting it off, off iTunes, they're quite deliberately saying, oh, we can make more money, we can sell more DVDs by not making it digital. Well, you if know, they were so real smart, because the crowd that is really into that show is also the crowd that also has computers be, and exactly, are savvy enough to download. But, but, but who says that these, these guys are smart? Uh, but my view on all of this, I mean, we can, <laughs> we can sort of go through all of these different arguments and pros and cons, and I think we all have a very slightly different position on how we feel about some of this stuff and what we're prepared to do and what we're not prepared to do, and that's the same for everybody. You know, this, well, part of the problem with the industry is they treat piracy as a homogenous problem when, in fact, it is nothing like a homogenous problem. It is a complicated difficult, uh, you know, personal problem for each person, right? But the point I would make is that despite the fact that the content producers have been whining for 40 years that, you know, every single technological development will kill the industry and it's taking money away from them, yeah, we've never, we've never had more choice. We've never had just more the opposite. We've never had more quality. We've, uh, you know, if you look at the, at the, oh, at the type of movies we have... Well, no, I, I'm... I, I know people say, oh, you know, TV's crap nowadays, movies are crap and everything, but, you know, there is still very, very high-quality content available on every single type of format and medium that you want. I, I would actually There's say that lot- movies and television right now are the best they've ever been. Exactly. I, I would completely agree with you. Um, the movies and, you know, and the point that so so and and they are still making money and and they are still in business and they are still adapting their business models and all of that. But you know these guys are not going out of business and not being driven to the wall, right? Which tells me that how, whatever the problem is with piracy, yeah, it's still and continues to be completely offset by legitimate profit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it's the so mosquito. I, I, David. I think, I th- yeah, I think that the uh, the industry would do well to stop worrying so much about piracy and start concentrating on the much more important things, which is dealing with the challenges of the fact that guys like us can sit around and we can generate our own content now that has an audience, and that's an audience that um, you know is is as exactly as Tim says is not going to be consuming multi million dollar generated content when they're listening to us, and so that's the that- problem that the industry needs to deal with. To that point, if we had not had to put our copy protection and digital rights management system into our cable system as required by the studios to prevent you from stealing movies, we probably could have dropped the monthly bill by 10 bucks. No, okay. that, that would have gone up anyways. They're, they're going to make as much money as humanly possible. My point is the amount possible. of money spent, the amount of dollars spent to fight piracy is huge. It's, it's, it's in the in hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's not doing anything. Right, but because it's not working, which tells me that, you know, yes, so, it's so in the hundreds of million dollars, but we're price. talking about a multi-billion dollar industry, so it's a drop okay. in the hat. You lower the price, the, a number of those people that were pirating will buy. 
the people who are not going to buy weren't going to buy anyway. You're not going to change those people. They're just, those aren't people you're just not going to block. They're going to find a way to steal the content because that's what they do. They don't see anything wrong with it. Yep. Forget that group. They're going to do it. What you want to do is transform those people in the middle that are stealing it now because they feel it's too expensive into paying customers. And if you yep. do that by just making it affordable and easy... Instead of trying to make them jump through hoops to get the content, you'd be surprised how much more money they would make. Don't you think David's that that's exactly what? Correct. Don't don't you think that's exactly what some of them are doing? If you look at Hulu, they're making content freely available. Oh, but in the background, they're complaining yeah. bitterly about what it's costing. Well, them. they they might be, but I, I, interesting example. But they're trying. They're trying. An interesting example is this with the BBC. I listen to a lot of radio on the BBC. Um, which obviously, you know, I pay for. I pay a license fee every year that funds right. the BBC. And, and for a long time, they, they had comedy programs on, on a BBC Radio 4 radio channel that were really, really funny, but I was never around when they were transmitted. And, um, you know, it's, it's it, you know now, even nowadays, it can sometimes be quite difficult to record stuff off the radio and get it into a digital format so you can have it on an, on an iPod. Um, and for a long time, the BBC just refused to podcast or make available any of this stuff. They would they would do the stuff they generated themselves, but anything that involved a third party production company and most of their comedy uh, involves a third party production company, they would not podcast because they said that they didn't have the rights to do that. About three years ago, they launched uh, an iPlayer service which allows you to start um, watching their TV stuff. Um, on a repeat basis, a bit like Hulu. Um, and they started to podcast all the comedy and everything. They sorted it out because the BBC as an organization realizes that it strengthens their proposition to make the content available to people who want to listen to it. Even if it, you know, you know, <laughs> even if there's a lot, even if it technically, bre- you know, they, there are some licensing problems that have to be dealt with. I think that what the content providers out there have to realize is that the easier they make their content available to the largest mass possible, whether it's uh, commercial right off the bat or whether it's free, you're going to get more paying customers if more people are consuming the product. And I think that all you have to do is look at CD sales during the time at the height of Napster. CD sales are crap now. But when Napster was at its biggest, when it was literally hundreds of millions of songs being traded every minute, CD sales were at their highest. Why? Because yeah, people, went people were CDs. because people were using Napster to sample. Right. Yeah. They would download a couple songs, say, "Wow, this is really good," and they'd go buy the CD. So they didn't learn anything then. They don't seem to be to learning have- a whole lot now. Somewhat with services like Hulu, um, services like iTunes, yeah. who always gives a free song every week away right. and lets you sample something and try it in high quality. And in fact, now that there is no more DRM in iTunes that the songs that you could download for free are not DRM protected. You could trade it if you wanted to. So it's companies like that, that know that you make it available for free or cheaply, and you're going to get a larger audience and the larger audience is going to translate into profit. It's funny. You said something, Tim, I used to argue that it wasn't Napster's trading of the songs that cost that hurt CD sales. It was the fact that people could sample more songs on a CD and realize they didn't want the whole CD. Um, <laughs> but if you simply looked at CD sales at the time, they um, went up. They actually went up, which means people were sampling stuff that they never would have bought before, had it not been for Napster, 
And Napster allowed them the opportunity to listen to something they wouldn't have heard before, decided that they yeah. liked it, and went and bought it. Or people yep. like me who downloaded some 80s stuff and went, wow, I kind of, you know, this is really good. So I went out and bought that CD. Yep. Um, I did that as well, by the way. Yeah. And I think a lot of people did. But, of course, the music industry didn't see it that way. And I completely understand why they felt that way. And, and I don't want to begrudge anyone making a living. Um, I want to make one last comment on that. Sure. Though. One of the things that's happened in this tightening of the grip and you see it happening on YouTube and stuff, is where small little clips from copyrighted materials are now being asked to be removed as well. They consider that digital piracy. And I think this is just going too far. I cannot tell you how many movies I've rented through Netflix or, you know, or, or gone on to Vudu and watched because I saw a five-minute clip of it in a Vudu, I mean, in a, in a YouTube video. Well, I could say that, uh, and I've said and this I, on the MyMac.com podcast uh, a number of times, I think that, Nothing's going to change until our generation gets up into the highest seats of power in these content creation companies, whether it's a movie studio, whether it's a, um, the music industry, whether it's television, until our generation gets up into those top seats and understands it, it's not going to change. And that's an advertisement. That's not a theft. I just don't get that at all. <laughs> I agree. I think people are willing to pay for content, whether they're able to resell it or not. And most people who pay for content aren't willing to trade it because if I paid for it, why do I want to give it to anybody else for free? Unless it's, hey, listen to this. I think you'll like it. You liked it. You should go buy it. Um, A prime example of that is, you know, I'm a video game player. And on the PS3 and on the Xbox 360 and even on the Wii now, you can actually buy stuff right on the console. Yep. Games that you can't go to the store and buy. Most of the stuff is under 10 bucks, 10 bucks or less. And I buy a lot of stuff like that, a lot of games. I can't resell those games, but I'm not willing to spend 50 bucks for something that I download only, not because yeah, I'm thinking you, I can't resell it, but because I, at that price, Tim, I want a physical copy. You probably don't care that you can't resell a, bit, a game you spent 10 to $12 for. If they charged you $100 or $75 or even maybe $50 for that game, you might care. And maybe. so. My comment on the Kindle was you pay almost the same thing you do for a regular book. Well, plus you got to spend 350 bucks for just to read it to begin with. Which, right, for the device. Yeah, and I, I think, think the Kindle is a doomed product. give them away, or at least, you know, anyway, it's a, that's an, something for another time. Well, I, I think the problem with the Kindle isn't the ability to give books to other people, because I completely understand why they don't allow that. I think the problem with the Kindle is the price of the Kindle itself. Uh, if anything, yeah, they should substitute. give away the Kindle. Not subsidized at all. It's just stupid. It should be a subscription fee. You you spend X number of dollars a month. They send you a Kindle, and you can only view whatever Amazon's feeding to you. And if you don't like it, don't pay for the 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 subscription. The Kindle's a, a worthless piece of plastic at that point. Uh, yeah, but t- but Tim, you know what? When the iPod came out, everyone said it was far too expensive. Yeah, but, I mean it's 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 very early days in the book market. You know the book the book industry is is going to start going through the same yep. crap that the music industry and the movie uh-huh. industry did when digital hit. Then, but but the big difference, and, and they're David, reacting, they're reacting exactly the same way. Now the big difference, though, David, is when you, the iPod first came out, you couldn't buy digital content for it. You basically had to take what you already had and put it on there. With a Kindle, you can't do anything with what you already own. It's you have to buy more content to put on there. There's a big difference. With the iPod, even to this day, you can put your own content on there. I, I can guarantee you 95% of everybody listening to this podcast right now is listening to it on their iPod or iPhone. Same thing, right? If if I did a text of this, I typed everything everyone said, and I put it out there, you could not view it on your Kindle. 
that's the difference that you can't get free content on the Kindle in in a format that you would actually want to read it where you could with the iPod. So there's, it's two totally different industries. There's the, you, you're not going to get a, a 350 page book that you already own and put it on the Kindle. No, no, I I, un- I understand that, that, but that's really a semantic point. The point I was trying to make is that you know, uh, ebook readers, this is early days to try. Right, and it's going to come down get things in price. out, and it'll come down in price, and eventually, you know, they will be given away in cereal packets, and um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just don't think that there's a big market for it because if there is, ebooks would be a whole lot bigger than what they are. I think it's going to take some time. Uh, I think uh, you know there. Are, I, I don't think the market is anywhere near as big as it is for music. Uh, I think it's much more of a niche thing, but uh, most of the people I know who have ebook readers absolutely love them. Uh, yeah, but they were predisposed that, to like them to begin yeah, with. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, but maybe maybe the market is only predisposed people. But I know that if I'm sitting reading my ebook reader in a public place, I will be um, I will have several people come up to me and ask to see it and ask me about it and that sort of thing. I think there is a lot of latent interest in there for that sort of thing because people don't like carrying big books around because I agree it's convenience. I agree, and I could say that because I just bought a, a, the brand new Star Trek or Star Wars series, and uh, man, it's a big book, and I'm like, oh crap! I wish this was in paperback already because this is just too big. I don't want to be holding this in bed. <laughs> so, with that being said, Owen, Guy, David, uh, really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Any last words, David? Um, just saying that I think uh, everyone who listens to this podcast should go out and watch X Men Origins Wolverine just to uh, pay the industry back a little bit. There you go, Guy. Uh, please, please, if it's available, buy it instead of stealing it. Yeah, Owen, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, we have to pay for media that we consume. We really do. Uh, I, I understand the temptations of wanting to download it, but you know, as someone who produces um, a lot of free content, and that free content is consumed by a lot of people. The, the MyMac podcast gets a little over 30,000 downloads every episode. Thus, the four episodes of Geekiest Show Ever got that many. When we move off of the MyMac podcast feed after the show, and again, this is the last one you guys are going to get as part of the MyMac feed, um, this show is going to get a lot less listeners, at least initially. Eventually, it might even get more. Who knows? Um, but as someone who produces content, for you guys that sit out there and listen to it for free... Notice what I just said, for free. We don't charge anybody to listen to this content. But if I did, I would hope that you guys wouldn't steal it. And as someone who produces content, right. I would Especially encourage you guys yeah, I would encourage you guys to pay for what you consume. I think it's only fair. Unlike Owen, I do think that stealing movies really does hurt the little guy. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt the big guys. The big guys pass those that pain onto the little guy. I, I, you and then you and I agree. I, I just find that despicable. I, I I agree with you, but it does hurt the little guy, Owen. It does. No matter how you want to justify it, it does hurt the little guy. So pay for your content is is what we're all saying here. If it's if it has a value to you as a consumer, you should pay for it um, within fair use. In yeah. other words, if it's something that you're already paying for, and I'll and I go back to that Van Halen analogy, I don't think I did anything wrong by downloading the MP3s of it because I already own it. I just wanted it in a different format. Um, is it legal? Probably not. In fact, I know it's not. Is it right? 
I think it is right. So legal and right is not always the same thing. So we're going to wrap up this show. We encourage you guys to subscribe to this podcast. Just go up to, uh, oh, you can go to Geekiest Show Ever and follow the link from there. Or you can just do a search for Geekiest Show Ever in iTunes and subscribe it. Um, and can, they, cents. Yeah. can they rate this? Yes. And, and I would encourage you guys to go ahead and rate it. We, it, it's not showing any ratings right now in iTunes, which is kind of strange. So please rate our show. Go up there and give us five stars. And uh, we'd appreciate it. So for uh, the rest of the guys, I'm Tim Robertson. We'll be back in two weeks, and we have no idea what the, the show will be about. But uh, if you like us, listen to us on the MyMac.com podcast. Same guys, different topics. See ya.